Hello, welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Root, and this is episode number 101. Today's topics include Biden approves liquid natural gas in Alaska, more spying news, AI used to deny health services, child labor laws in Iowa, and more. Before I get to that, however, please consider hitting the share button on the Dakota Rustler Facebook post and the like or subscribe buttons on my podcast site. Also, consider visiting dakotarustler.org and clicking on one of the contribution links or on the store link for t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. I thank you in advance for doing so. With that done, let's saddle up and let's get going. Number one in a story from The Guardian and Reuters. The Biden administration recently approved exports of liquefied natural gas from the Alaska Liquefied Natural Gas Project, prompting criticism from environmental groups over the approval of yet another carbon burning allowance. The U.S. Energy Department approved the Alaska Gas Line Development Corporation's project to export LNG to countries with which the United States does not have a free trade agreement, mainly in Asia. Backers of the roughly $39 billion project expect it to be operational by 2030 if it receives the required permits. So, it is not final, which should make the nuts happy. For the record, the project was originally approved by the Trump administration, so I imagine that angers the nuts. The Biden administration also approved the ConocoPhillips $7 billion willow oil and gas drilling project on Alaska's North Slope last month, which also prompted criticism of Biden's record. You know what I think should happen to all the nuts? I think each and every one of them should be forced to live solely on solar and wind energy, only drive EVs, that are charged by solar and wind, and not be allowed to possess anything made with oil, which, by the way, includes tires that go on those EVs. For the record, the project includes a liquefaction facility on the Kenai Peninsula in southern Alaska, and a proposed 807-mile pipeline to move gas from northern Alaska across the state. The Biden administration did, however, modify the previous approval to prohibit venting of greenhouse gas carbon dioxide associated with the project into the atmosphere. As I said earlier, however, the project isn't final. Earth Justice, an environmental law firm, said the approval of the project cleared the way for additional lawsuits seeking to stop the project. Why did Biden even approve it? One word, Russia. The Biden administration is trying to approve more U.S. LNG exports as it competes with Russia, traditionally one of the world's largest energy exporters. In other words, deny Russia some finances and increase ours. In addition, also increase shipments to Europe as Russia has held back on exports to Europe. So yes, this is tied to the war.
Number two, a Reuters story out of Mexico City. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, my favorite foreign name to say, has accused the Pentagon of spying on his government following leaks in the U.S. media and said he would begin classifying information from the armed forces to protect national security. His comments came several days after the Washington Post reported on apparent tensions between Mexico's Navy and the Army, citing a U.S. military briefing revealed in online leaks of secret U.S. military records. I don't know why he'd be surprised at all. As I said last week, every country spies on every country. He and his country are certainly spying on us. He can deny it, but... It happens all the time. Quote, We are now going to safeguard information from the Navy and the Defense Ministry because we're being a target of spying by the Pentagon. Unquote. Lopez Obrador told his daily news conference. So in one sentence, he's accusing us of spying, but in another sentence, he's implying that they will start safeguarding information. Am I the only one that sees this as a contradiction? If one starts something, that means it wasn't happening prior, so we couldn't have been spying. The Pentagon originally called a leak a deliberate criminal act, but later a Pentagon spokesman said the U.S. Department of Defense has a strong collaborative defense partnership with Mexico's Army and Navy and that the entities tackle common challenges while respecting each other's sovereignty and respective foreign policy agendas. Sort of implying it's common knowledge. If that's so, where is the criminal act? Lopez Obrador has come under pressure to hold the military accountable for years of alleged abuses, including reported disappearances and killings, even though he claims the military does nothing wrong. In the past, he has sought to put the National Guard, a militarized police force, under army control. When presented last week with new allegations of the use of controversial spyware Pegasus during his government, Lopez Obrador reiterated that his administration does not spy. Oh, uh, when do I start laughing? All governments spy. The world needs to wake up. A Mexico-based rights group, Centro Prode, last week stated that two of its staff had their phones targeted by Pegasus last year, according to an analysis by Toronto-based digital watchdog Citizen Lab becoming the latest of several alleged cases of Pegasus used during Lopez Obrador's government. So yeah, everybody's spying. Number three, over-reliance on artificial intelligence and their use of algorithms is compromising post-acute care for nursing home residents on Medicare Advantage plans. Skilled Nursing News also recently examined the issue of high administrative burdens from Medicare Advantage plans as the federal government pushes to get more beneficiaries on managed care. 
And the same organization also recently highlighted moves by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to ensure that Medicare Advantage beneficiaries are not inappropriately denied coverage for post-acute care in SNFs. The STAT investigation, STAT is a health and medical publication, by the way, found artificial intelligence is increasingly driving denials by health insurance companies for medical claims and Medicare Advantage. As health insurance companies expand their use of algorithms to predict a patient's health care journey and outcome, the growing list of denials that follow cause conflict between physicians and insurers, putting treatment, sometimes for the critically ill patients, in limbo. The cost of the tussle between AI-based assessment versus doctor-based assessments can put the lives of nursing home residents in jeopardy. Many residents are left in the end to either pay for their care out of pocket, forego treatment, or appeal a denial, which is a long, drawn-out process without, with flaws of its own. Patient advocates told STAT that the problem with algorithm-based recommendations is that they are too rigid and broad, and in the end, they fail to support personalized care or better outcomes. Quote, while the firms say the algorithm is suggestive, it ends up being hard and fast rules that the plan or the care management firms really try to follow, said David Lipschitz. Associate Director of the Center for Medicare Advocacy, and it is a nonprofit group that has reviewed, reviewed such denials over two years. There is no deviation from it, he says, no accounting for charges and condition, no accounting for situations in which a person could use more care. Medicare Advantage plans, though popular for their lower premiums and prescription drug coverage, also give insurers more leeway in denying and limiting services. Well, that was all a long story there. What does it all mean? It pretty much means that the course of your medical care is going to be decided by a computer, not an actual doctor. More reason to get off your butt, exercise, and eat properly. Continuing on, STAT focused on a program created by NaviHealth, which was brought by United Healthcare Group, the largest Medicare Advantage insurer in the country. STAT claims that its analysis showed scores of nursing home residents were unfairly denied access to necessary care due to rigid adherence of NaviHealth's program. But NaviHealth and United are far from the only companies pursuing this model. Elevant, Cigna, and CVS Health, which owns insurance giant Aetna, have all bought companies that have created such AI determination programs in recent years. These insurers aim to more precisely predict how many hours of therapy patients will need, which types of doctors they might see, and exactly when they will be able to leave a hospital or nursing home. They are motivated in part by payment frameworks that reward them for more effectively managing spending and outcomes for their beneficiary populations. Okay, so now your care has two determining factors. An AI computer and the almighty dollar. 
I'll keep saying it until I die. Government cannot cure the healthcare crisis. Your health and your care is up to you and only you. When computers decide what kind of care you get, how far behind can Skynet really be? The machines are taking over and the almighty dollar is convincing people to let them do so. With that, it's time to take a break for the promo. I'll be back in about 40 seconds. For all things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Rustler Show. Before we get on the last with the last two stories, I just want to do my usual shout-outs to Danheim and to Vinny Camilleri, who provide the music for this show, to Arbel Kimmick, who does the voiceovers, and also to let you know this show is sponsored by Camp Ridger Seasonings. With that, let's move on. Number four. Another Reuters story. In a pre-dawn session on Tuesday, that being last Tuesday, the Iowa State Senate voted to allow children to work longer hours and serve alcohol, the latest move by Republican-controlled state houses to combat a labor shortage by loosening child labor laws. I have one word for that. Good. The Iowa bill would expand the number of hours that children under 16 can work from 4 to 6 in a day, allow minors to work in previously prohibited industries if they are part of a training program, and allow 16 and 17-year-olds to serve alcohol with a parent's permission. It passed the state Senate by a vote of 32 to 17, with two Republicans joining every Democrat in opposition. Of course the Democrats oppose this. Why should anyone be taught a good work ethic when you can just get government handouts? It simply is providing our youth with an opportunity to earn and learn at the same time frame as his classmates do while participating in sports and other fine arts, said Republican Adrian Dickey. And I completely agree. However, on the other side, quote, no Iowa teenagers should be working in America's deadliest jobs, unquote, said Zach Walls, the Senate Minority Leader. He continued on, Iowa Republican politicians want to solve the workforce crisis on the literal backs of children, uh, unquote. Excuse me, Senator, but no one is forcing these children to work. But as I said a few sentences ago, Learning a good work ethic would be a great idea. The work participation rate is at an all-time low because everyone has, you know, pretty much everyone has learned to mooch off the government instead. 
Labor unions, of course, have held protest against the bill. Charlie Wishman, president of the Iowa Federation of Labor, said efforts to loosen child labor laws around the U.S. were a lazy way of dealing with the fact that certain states don't have enough workers. Well, eliminate government handouts and maybe that problem will take care of itself. Minnesota and Wisconsin are also considering loosening regulations. Minnesota? Really? Isn't that a democratic bastion of liberalism? I think it is. They vote for the Democratic nominee for president every freaking four years. And number five in a story from The Guardian. China is increasing its Antarctic footprint according to new satellite imagery collected by a Washington-based think tank that shows construction has resumed for the first time since 2018 on the country's fifth station in the southern polar region. Beijing has sought to develop a new shipping route in the Arctic and expand its research in Antarctica, but Western governments worry its increasing presence in the polar regions could provide the People's Liberation Army with better surveillance capabilities. The new station on Inexpressible Island, interesting name, near the Ross Sea is expected to include an observatory with a satellite ground station and should help China fill a major gap in its ability to access the continent, the Center for Strategic and International Studies said in a report. Satellite images have identified new support facilities, temporary buildings, a helicopter pad, and foundations for larger main buildings. It's estimated that the construction could be done by 2024. While the station can provide tracking and communications for China's growing array of scientific polar observation satellites, its equipment can concurrently be used for intercepting others' nations' satellite communications. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Does this mean someone else could be spying? No, say it isn't so. Like I said, we all spy. The station is well positioned to collect intelligence signals over Australia and New Zealand and telemetry data on rockets launched from Australia's new Amheim, Amhem Space Center. Once finished, the station is expected to include a wharf for China's Zhulong icebreaker ships. CSIS told Reuters that while the U.S. still maintains a larger research presence in Antarctica, including the biggest facility in its McMurdo station, China's footprint is growing faster. China's fifth station will be 200 miles from the McMurdo station, it said. Under the 1959 Antarctic Treaty to which China is party, activities on the continent are restricted to peaceful purposes. Military personnel are allowed to conduct scientific research, but are banned from setting up bases, carrying out maneuvers, or testing weapons. A 2022 Pentagon report said China's new Antarctic infrastructure was probably intended in part to strengthen its future claims to natural resources and maritime access and to improve PLA capabilities. China, of course, rejects claims that such stations would be used for espionage, which, of course, 
They must because why would anyone want to admit they spy, even though they all do? With that, it's time to get back to work. Call it another podcast. So till next time, you know the mantra. Question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day and don't forget to subscribe.